kindergarten, Saturdays 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Revolution Radio. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning, warning. We gotta stop us! They're gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings. Time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to win the day to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You call down the thunder, well now you've got it. Chris, you tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution Radio. We did not engage in conflict that was out of line with our mission. Is it disloyal? Is it sedition? Is it treason to oppose the hands of tyranny? Never! I will never send troops anywhere on a mission of that kind without telling them that if somebody shoots at them, they can darn well shoot back. I know not what course others will take. But as for me, give me liberty! Oh, give me! A dark cloud is finally lifting across the world as U.S. military intelligence and their global partners are destroying the deep state criminal power structure that has ruled over our planet for hundreds of years. We are free with the God-given right, and we shall not yield that right to any power on Earth. Hi, I'm Scott McKay. The world is at, and I am your host on The Tipping Point. On Revolution Radio, where every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, we bring you the latest in this ensuing takedown of this global criminal empire. That's an image of strength. You'll get the raw, hard truth here on The Tipping Point. So come join us Mondays, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, in Studio B at Revolution.Radio. Thanks for listening while we took that short break here at Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com. And now we're going to get back to your host. All right, excellent. It's four o'clock in the north of England. Uh, it's still it's still warm here. It's warm and overcast, but not too bad. It's uh, 20 degrees, so it's a little bit too warm for me, but... It's the middle of the summer, so it's quite cool for the middle of the summer. It's still too warm for me. Uh, it's Saturday. It's 4 o'clock in Newcastle. It's 11 o'clock on the East Coast in the States. You're listening to Free Association on Revolution Radio. Uh, Revolution Radio, as you've just heard, is listener-supported. Uh, we do need your help. If you can help us out with, with a a financial contribution that will be very much appreciated uh, you can go to revolution.radio 
and you'll find a place to make donations on the menu. And uh, yeah, it's all we're all volunteers, so none of us make any money out of doing this. We all do it for love, and uh, it's an interesting journey. I've been doing radio for about five years, maybe six years. After a random meeting uh, with a guy called Lenny Tyne on a, a platform called Discord, which is a gamers platform. Now, what I was doing on the gamers platform is uh, a mystery to me because I don't play games really. But uh, I did used to have conversations on a regular basis with a, a guy who used to come to the Philosophy Society meetings that I used to run. And he used to play games, so he mentioned Discord at one point. And I'm I'm a curious guy, so I went to have a look. And <laughs> discovered a, a community called The Flame, which was a, quite a large community, quite a, a reasonably kind of friendly community. Uh, lots, of, lots of good people in there. And one of the people that I met, Along the way was Lenny Time, who was doing a, a radio show from Discord on a station called Steampunk Radio. And I know Lenny's around at the moment, so I'm going to bring him into the show. Uh, I was trying to decide what to do with the show, and I didn't really come to a conclusion. And then Lenny showed up in the chat room, so that makes sense to bring him in. So that's what I'm going to do. All right, Lenny, are you with me? I am now with you. Excellent. All right, that's good. Uh, how are you doing? Are you okay? Because I know you've been traveling and moving around the place a little bit. I am very, very okay. And I think I can even explain to you what you were doing in a gamer's platform. Right, you were looking, I'm all looking right. for new ways to communicate. That that would be true. That would be and true. Yeah. The gamers platform is one of the freest places to be able to talk with people because you are in the course of a game and what you are saying to other people is not really monitored by the agencies because everybody's saying all sorts of weird shit. Yeah, it's just kind of background conversation while you're watching people get shot and and airplanes crashing and shit like that. Yes, and that happens all the time, but we had a game called a LARP, a live-action role-play, and so the radio show was, gee, we got up to three dozen people, where people were in character, being themselves, talking about issues, but they had to be invited onto the show to get on air. And the chat room was running, and the show was running. It was five days a week, two hours a day. I'd roll out of bed at 7 a.m. Pacific time and get get to wake everybody up like Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, I remember. It was, it was fun. And my, my, one of the things that I was doing was looking for a Tava conversation about about the philosophy of biochemistry, if I remember rightly. So that yeah. that's the key word link between the two of us. And in fact, there's so much going on in what we call biochemistry that the world is 
in a spin cycle, what's known as a vortex. And so the best thing that one can do in a vortex is hunker down and concentrate on self and what it is that you need to prepare yourself to go back into what we can call a brave new world because Huxley sort of named it for us. Yeah, it's definitely that. We're we're living in a science fiction movie, Lenny, so I'm... uh... I don't know whether it's Fahrenheit 451 or whether it's Foundation or what it is, but it's one of those uh, dystopian movies that I used to watch when I was a kid. Well, the plot for the next one that we're going to do is Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. But I really think that the plots of the novels that were written in the 50s are the reality of today. Absolutely, I agree with that. And I think that one of the key characters in, like, the 1900s, 1910s was a guy named H.G. Wells. And he wrote a two-volume history of the world that pretty much is the basis set of history that we now take for granted. Yeah, I was in the, the local philosophical library a couple of days ago. And I picked up a, believe it or not, I picked up a biology textbook written by Julian Huxley and H.G. Wells. Oh, wow. I didn't even know it existed, but it's on the shelf in my local philosophy library. Maybe it doesn't exist. Maybe our world created it just because we were looking. Well, I was looking for something. I don't even know why I even was on those bits of the shelves. Because I'm not normally on those bits of the shelves, but I went straight to this textbook. Well, I, I can explain that also. Go ahead. Because let- my concept of time has changed. And so when I talk about timelines, all the timelines are in the same human narrative that we currently share with, they tell us, 8 billion people in the world. But each of us has our own individual timeline also that must interact with the world, but to a degree that we and the world agree upon. But most most people don't talk to the planet. I try not to, if at all possible. It's like five, fifth generation, 5D dominoes, taking your analogy from last night as a timeline or parallel timelines and that you knock the first one down and it it sets off a a long roll of dominoes. Yeah. And the idea that each domino is happening in, let's say, a picosecond, that's 10 to the minus ninth, so that there would be a billion of them in a second. Right. Let's say the whole narrative plays out in one picosecond, and that narrative is the 80-year life of Dennis Barker. Right, yeah. You would not have a frame of reference that it did not take you 80 years to run through that narrative as Dennis Barker for the consciousness that was you in that picosecond narrative. Because it's all mathematically normalized to a human. And 
normalization is a mathematical term. And so normal is a form of average, you know, average, mean, median, mode, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Normal is a different type of that sort of averaging. It all goes with game theory and chaos theory and group theory and a little bit of skepticism about what reality is anymore because what we have been told in our learning experience we now look at with a critical eye and find that a good portion of it is not correct but from our perspective we can't discern that because our perspective is built on a foundation of accepting that as a given and there are no givens but there are you just have to state what's given as a prelude to your hypothesis. So when I tell people stuff that they already know, it's just like running through the givens. And if I say something wrong there, catch me because I'm using that as a checklist to make sure I've thought about things. And you, from your perspective, sees it differently. And I misinterpreted a term because I think like a chemist and you think like a philosopher, but I can click myself into my philosophy role. No problem. I've been a philosopher for years and years and years. And I got to recently shed a role, which people don't get to do very often, but in life, there are times when You've played the last scene and you know you're not in the show for the next season. So you smile, be polite, say your goodbyes and get out of there. And I have some freedom now to look at things in a different light. The character Lenny Time has been a character developed over years as an outlet to keep myself protected in the mean world of people. But I've learned that if you're out for yourself, you're not necessarily evil or a narcissist. You're just being practical because nobody else is out there for you until you make good bonds in a group of two. So your friends serve the role that family used to, and the term family has become a big buzzword that nobody quite means the same thing, but most people immediately go to is their brothers, sisters, mom and dad and offspring. Maybe the plot is to put a whole bunch of discongruent personalities together, call them family, and get your jollies as how they treat each other. Oh, it's fair enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly how it works, Lenny, but uh, it's, it's designed to be a triggering mechanism. I think it's, just, it's literally designed to be a, a hall of mirrors, a loose factory. Say that again. A loose factory. Yes, yeah. You know yes. the concept of loose, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. 
it's like let's rile rile people up and then we can collect their adrenochrome equivalent called loose and we take energy from them i mean look look at the whole thing just on energy terms we as biological organisms are the transformers of one form of energy to another yeah and it all depends on frequency and frequency depends on time and the concept of time as they taught us it's broken badly clocks and calendars are totally necessary don't get me wrong we couldn't be talking here on this forum if it wasn't for the precise timing mechanisms of the world but the amount of time that something takes is normalized to this term called a second and a second is not necessarily the same amount of time as another second and they're both functions of scale and so to things that are smaller their time moves faster but it's the same amount of net time but that net time has been now controlled so that net means internet and not net the sum of and so they've taken an important word that we use for measurement and co-opted it so that any time you say it you get a misinterpretation of the definition of the word and so it's so important that when we are talking and we don't quite catch what somebody means we ask them for a glossary definition of the word they're using and never take it as an insult but every listener should start questioning the verbiage they're using with people they know just to make sure you are on the same page and not talking past each other because you agree on a concept that means something different to each of you and call it the same thing oh i think everybody does that everybody's on everybody's on a slightly different page for for lots of things we used to have the that issue in the philosophy groups over and over and over again so but but nobody wanted to give a definition well i hear people talking on the internet and one guy that i watch who is very arrogant said well nobody's ever defined the word group properly now i use group theory as a basis for my whole way of thinking and i use way w e i g h as a form of saying way w a y because i want to get people to recognize the quantitative aspect of how we measure things but there's also a qualitative aspect and it's blown off in the chase for money and it just pisses me off because you can't get quality anywhere because the people who provide the quality services and goods aren't producing those services cuz they can't get enough to make it worth their time and meanwhile Elon Musk turns Twitter into X your next bank yeah it's a tricky one Elon's a complicated man to say the least Well, can he be approached by somebody at yours level or my level? 
Can, levels are funny because levels are a measure of social scale and everybody is an equivalent being at human scale. And so as you move to higher levels, your role dictates your value, but we need to develop the character to be in the role so that we have some accountability to ourselves and to our whole group of people that we work with. So we have leveled up. We are now on the fourth level. You and I are part of a D&D &D party with Mona and probably Roe and Pat Rabbit, who are both good friends of each of ours. And everybody associated with Rev Radio and the game out there is not palatable to us. Let's change it in here so that the rules of decorum are ready for the next system when this system finally goes out of whack. But to do that, we got to figure out where the problems are and solve them and not get deep into the detailed reticate of, oh, Biden did this and Trump did that and the EU is falling apart and everything's going to a handbasket and a hell storm. Um, we got to make it funny. People have yeah. to be able to laugh at, at themselves. Yeah, I agree with that. You, you can't get through life without having a sense of humor, so we might as well make make it funny. It's either, it's either a comedy or a tragedy, and you've got a choice about which one you want to live in. And you're allowed to live in both, and you're allowed to step back and be a bit player in a tragedy while you're living in the comedy. But it's all a matter of what you value, and people have different values but I think when you step back and look at people, they really do have the same values. They just have poor communication skills because essentially the groups that have been formed in the system are all top-down groups. And group theory, the way I understand it, is you start with a group of one and you get control of yourself. And then when you graduate from one, you get to another group of one. That's everybody. And so you as an individual have to fit with you as in everybody. And you go back and forth until you can cope with it. And then you go to two and you find some other person and you start talking to them. And gradually you get to know that person and that group of two becomes a solid friendship. And over years of time, which might take picoseconds or might take the actual amount of years or might take a million years. Can you imagine what geology must look like from the perspective of an 80 year old human, an 80 year human lifetime takes a million years? <laughs> yeah, it's a, an interesting concept. How, how does the Earth look from the perspective of a rock? Well, I seem to remember that being a question in the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once, where they had the two rocks sitting on the hilltop 
thinking that they were going to roll down the hill, but not quite sure to roll over it. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I've not seen the movie, but I remember having this uh, this experience in New Zealand, uh, flying flying to um, Queenstown in, New, in on the South Island in New Zealand, which is a, a touristy place with a, in the mountains, basically. Uh, on the way to Milford Sound, which is a big fjord where they do a lot of tourist trips out on ferries. So I did a I did an airplane trip on a on a six seater little airplane over the mountains to Milford Sound from Queenstown, and I was a little bit hungover, so I was in a slightly different kind of perspective on on it. I'd been out been out the night before partying a little bit. And I was look, just looking at the ground, and I'm going, that's a brain. It looks like the the ridges in the rock in in the mountains looked like a cerebellum. It looked like somebody's brain. So from that from that, I came to the conclusion that the Earth is conscious, just by making a leap of logic that made sense at the time. The Earth has to be conscious. And it's got to be conscious through the water because it's ubiquitous in everything. Yeah, I I, I do agree because I could feel it. I could feel the consciousness of the earth. It's like on that trip, I could feel a lot of stuff. I was very, I was hypersensitive. I was probably oversensitive at that point, but I could feel so much life force energy all around me and feel the consciousness of plants and feel the consciousness of the of the mountains as I was going over them. So it's like nobody's ever going to tell me the earth isn't conscious, really. Yeah, I think that crop circles come from the earth as her means of communicating that she knows what we're doing here. But the option of humans receiving communications properly is seriously broken and has been ever since A.G. Wells wrote the history of what we're supposed to believe. And notice how history is all wars. You go back in time and you go from the Civil War back to the Revolutionary War, back to the French Revolution. You, you, you get the Renaissance. And the Renaissance wasn't about war. What's going on at the Renaissance that actually makes it worth them teaching us in the history when everything else has been totally, totally disappeared, changed around, switched and undermined and bamboozled? Oh, the Renaissance was the, the re-emergence of Plato, wasn't it? They got, they got some hermetic documents from the Arabs and some, some Plato from the Arabs and they translated it. And then a couple of players in the game, like Galileo Galilei and uh, Leonardo da Vinci and William Shakespeare, became the Albert Einsteins and Elon Musks of the 20 and 21st century. Yeah, very much so. Shakespeare's amazing stuff. I, I did a couple of workshops at the, the Globe Theatre on the South Bank of London uh, with a guy, uh, 
a guy called Mark Rylance, who's a, a, a Royal Shakespeare Company player. He's, he's in TV shows and movies and stuff. This is like 20 years ago, 25 years ago nearly. Uh, it's a guy called Peter Dawson. Wrote some, some books just decoding Shakespeare in terms of Celtic uh, magical symbolism and Celtic kind of traditions. And there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff buried in there. If you look, if you know how to decode it, there's a lot of stuff buried in there that's not obvious. I think there's a lot of coded stuff in the old literature books that's been systematically Fahrenheit 451. And they've burnt our knowledge. And now they've got enough wherewithal through the computers that even though they've scanned the books before they took the physical books out of existence, the AI software can change what's on the disk. And so talk about Orwellian rewriting of history. Gadzooks. Let's let's play in foundation Isaac Asimov's work because at least Harry settled and pretended he was out for the good. Yeah, I, mean, I think we we need to to at least have a hard copy of everything we're talking about so we've got a reference. So it's it's kind of Fahrenheit four five one. Everybody's going to be carrying around little bits of the Bible or little bits of whatever the reference book is. But without without an actual copy of the book, nobody's ever going to know for sure what the what the five sentences that they remember, how they fit together. Or you can you can work it out, but it takes more time without the reference book. Yeah, so the change that we need to come up with is a quick, efficient way of gaining people's attention, teaching them something they didn't know, and getting out of the way as they get curious and come back to us to learn what we were talking about. But that's a discussion for Dennis and Lenny to have off air because a lot of it is strategic and we wouldn't want to tip our hand now, would we? No, let's not do that, Lenny. <laughs> let's not do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was kind of rummaging around in the world of tissue salts yesterday because I've got this I've got this dancing Shiva thing going on as a theme, and it took me to Kali because Kali's kind of the the female consort of Shiva, and then Kali turns out to be phosphorus in the tissue salts world. So I got, I went from dancing Shiva to dancing tissue salts in less than seven days. Interesting. Phosphorus has a most peculiar role in chemistry. And phosphates are used in fertilizers because plants can metabolize them down to get the phosphorus that they need in order to account for energy transfer. And that's one of the foundations of the biochemical universe. And I think it's a load of crap. Right. But how do you get at it when it's something of a basis 
for how people think things work in the one-size-fits-all structure of learning means nobody's outside the same bubble of foundation unless they actually put in the time and effort to learn what they know. So the learning environment is a real tough place to find nowadays. I think that every environment could be a learning environment, but that the structure of how people treat each other in small groups needs to be worked out so that you don't get individuals dominating other individuals. Because I find it terribly interesting that the society has created a bigger bully to bully the bullies and call it anti-bullying. Yeah, there is that. It's always uh, it's always a little got a little bit of the opposite to what you think it is buried in the name. And that sort of goes along with the yin and yang symbol, doesn't it? It does. It does. Well, that seems to be how how things work. Along the way. 83.17. One out of six. Things work the same five times out of six. But if you're paying attention one time out of six, they work differently and give you a portal into a place that's slightly different than you would get to for the other five. Right. But you to get the chance to see that is one in six. So you figure if the first time it happens, you're too young to notice or you're young, you notice the magic happens and then all of a sudden it doesn't happen anymore. You got to catch the right harmonic of the frequency to get on board. And you really need a measure of what the frequency is doing. But physics, we know what physics is. It's that science that tells us that they know everything physical and set the spiritual at zero. So nothing spiritual can happen. Everything has to be physical. And, you know, back when Isaac Newton was Isaac Newton and dealing with issues of Pope and church and king and mint and other important things. There was a big debate between natural philosophy and alchemy as the perspective of things, ways to look at it. And of course, the natural philosophers won and the alchemists disappeared. But in reality, we know how that what they tell us is almost the exact opposite of what happened. So the alchemists went behind the state scene and became a worldwide cranky deep state, keeping the um, economists. I don't want to say economists, but the whole idea that economy could be generated to be under control and orchestrated instead of free market 
came out of those times, the founding of corporations and the rule of law, which right now, look at the legal system everywhere, and I'm sorry, I do not believe that legal and lawful mean the same thing. Um, there's a lot of philosophy to discuss, and I don't want to change the world piece by piece. It'll change itself real quickly. I want to have something that's like the safety net underneath the acrobats. Right. That makes sense. So, it's, yeah, you need a, fall, a fallback position just to, well, it's a like a guidance procedure or a structural kind of fallback procedure. Yeah, I came across a group that called itself the Virtually Not Alone Corner. I, I made that up because I don't want to get a whole bunch of people looking after them. But Virtually Not Alone was for people who were in the pandemic sitting at their computer jonesing because they couldn't see anyone. And so by being online together in Discord or chat rooms or gamer platforms, people got to know each other without ever really meeting each other. And so part of my trip here is just to meet some people I've met over the net and evaluate the reality of the situation as of the current date. Because back when we ended the radio show, I took a tour from New Mexico to Oklahoma to North Carolina to Florida. And now I'm taking that tour backwards so that I get closure. And that whole adventure upon giving closure has also given closure to two or three other narratives. So now I can go back and look at narratives that I just ran away from because I was overwhelmed by the situation I found myself in with too little information of what's going on and a distinct spidey sense that if it's over my head, I have no business being here. But some of the things that I've seen now add up, but when I saw them didn't add. Right. And there's the movies are so much mind control and it goes back all the way to any movie we've ever watched. I, I really remember the Jimmy Stewart scene where he's being chased by the crop duster. No, it was Cary Grant chased by the crop duster in North by Northwest. Yeah. And it was like, wow, that made an impression on me. The movie The Blob, Steve McQueen. Yeah, I've right. seen that one as well. Late 50s. Again, I saw it too young as a child, and it made too much of an impression on me, whereas I couldn't relate that that was 
inconceivable propaganda, and so I carried it forth as real. Well, in today's world, that could be real, couldn't it? It certainly, if, if it wasn't, if it wasn't mainstream media real, it would be podcast media real. Yeah. And so you start looking back at how things develop and you realize that we've been making imitations of imitations of imitations for the last 80 years. Yeah. And we're right in the 80 to 100 year cycle where the people who remember the depression are just about all past. But the people who were born in the Depression, they're the old, old people now. And it's like they're on a different planet from us. And we're on a different planet from the 30-somethings. And the 30-somethings are a different planet from the kids who are growing up in grade school today. Yeah, there's def definitely a lot of different harmonics going on, and that don't, they don't really intersect all that much. It, they don't need to, because I think the way the world works, the narratives are being tried out by our consciousness on the same narrative in a different fractal scale. And so if we're in one of those picosecond runs, everything happens in a whole lifetime, and it happens the way it's expected to happen because it always happens that way, and it reinforces the narrative. But then Dennis and Lenny get together, and they create some new options that are tangential to the narrative. And because the narrative is always looking for a way out of the narrative, maybe we're onto something. Yeah, well, it, just, it just takes a couple of parallel domi domino runs set up, with a, and then you shift a couple of dominoes over slightly, and it, all, it just reroutes everything, doesn't it? And most of the energy still goes off on the main chain. But it kicks open a world on a different time frame where instead of a picosecond as a test, you have it working on human scale. 80 years is actually 80 years. And if it survives that level, maybe it goes to the 26,000 year scale where at that scale, the same narrative runs. There's characters called human that have consciousness but to reach that three jumps up for that fourth order place takes mastering the first order self and world, mastering the second order functional groups, people from five or eight up to 21, working groups, 2134 up to maybe 144, and then that's where I'm working now is I got to two, I got to 233 with mines 
And so that kicked me to the next level of the game. So mines is not eligible for the next level of the game because it won the level of the game it was playing on. But that means that the game that Flame won is now at one of the ones on the scale for where we're at today in a third order game. And so I and you and several selected people get to play test the fourth order game while I work to design the metrics for the fifth order game, which is going to be entertainment based. Right. Well, I'm working on the principle that uh, I'm, I'm creating myself as I go along. Because I, yep. I, turn, I turned into a, I turned into a radio show host as a result of that radio show game. Yeah. So I, uh, I could I could very well turn into a Martian as a result of the Stranger in the Strange Land game. <laughs> only if that's the role you get is the Martian role. I know the role that I am is the professor with the people running around who's explaining the weird behavior. But I might give that role up because uh, another gal that I'm working as a character with might be better in that role than I am. And I want to maybe get out of being in a role there except as a bit player so that I can spend my time focusing on the education part of the game that I want to follow the comedy part. Because what we'll do is we'll get people to role play on stage locally with other people and give them themes that teach them how to learn. And so you can imagine that a theme with Isaac Newton that starts with the play with him getting bopped on the head by an apple and ends with him dying of a stroke when they go to test the picks, which was where the mint would take a coin and they drop it in a sealed container from every run that they made so that there was always a test for the coinage to see that it wasn't adulterated. Yeah, yeah. And the coinage got adulterated while Newton was on the job. But they had Solomon's gold. And Solomon's gold weighed more than other gold. It was an isotope. It might have even been Ormus, but I can't infer that at this point. But anyway, it weighed more than standard gold. And the picks measuring the weighing to see that the coins were actually what they were supposed to be was rigged to give the answer. Yeah, they're fine. But Newton didn't know that. And it set the poor man to have a stroke that killed him. Right. So he's, he was, he was kind of set up but in a way that, Yeah, but, you know, maybe Isaac Newton is the person we know in history, just like Albert Einstein. 
who becomes a catch-all for a lot of different people who are doing things on a human scale level, but because the society got so big so fast, thousands of scientists' work were melted into what Newton knew or what Einstein knew or what somebody else knew and all attributed nice and tidy to one genius, Tesla. Yeah, and absolutely. It helps if you've got the Royal Society promoting you as well. It goes on. But James Clerk Maxwell in the 1880s or 70s wrote a treatise on magnetism and electricity. And it had to be fixed twice, once by Heaviside, once by Girac. And they changed it to fit the new physics that they teach in physics as opposed to chemistry, as opposed to biology, as opposed to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And everything in the world became compartmentalized under natural philosophy where it was whole under alchemy. But then they misused the word alchemy and what people go for and believe is alchemy can be summed up in uh, the title of a book, The Alchemist's Cookbook. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. So yeah. meanwhile, how's life in Dennis's world? My world is, uh, it's, it's kind of moving slowly. Uh, the website's on hold because I ran out of money, so I think I'm going to lose the hosting for it. But uh, I've, I've still got a fighting chance until the 25th. If, if, there's a, if there's goodwill at the hosting company, I'll still have it. And if there isn't, then I won't, and I'll have to do it all again. But, uh, yeah, it's all, it's all right. It is what it is. I'm used, I'm used to things go, coming and going like that. So my life's, my life's all right. I'm, I'm, my head's good. My head's in a good place, and I'm uh, making slow progress and, and enjoying doing it slowly. Well, in my game, the way I see things, we've got our radio show group. And it's funny because I've got some other groups that the friends from the old radio show have gone and scattered all sorts of places. But in keeping up with them, I will find that they formed new groups. And so my group theory is at the point where I can get to test some of it. But I'm, I need to talk through it a little more. And I need to write like a 30-page primer so that no matter what format it gets delivered in, People who do the delivery have a sense of the meaning of what it is they're delivering. Yeah, yeah. Because right now, you know I like to misspell words. New way, can N-E-W-W-E-I-G-H. And one of the things I've heard from people that I respect is that they've got too much going on to be able to translate words 
just write the word correctly because I blow it off when people don't use the right word. And no wonder people don't get messages because they shut themselves down to the format that the message comes in. Yeah, they're, they're, they're wanting to control the, the language rather than just letting the language be the language. And the words have different meanings in different social circles. And so there is virtually no real communications between anyone who hasn't had a face-to-face and actually settled on a contract. But, you know, we don't operate in contracts. We operate with checkboxes that once you've checked a box that assumes that the corporation has control of your life. How do they do that? How do they get away with that? How is a corporation a person? Now, that's a very good question, Lenny. It's a very good question. The corporation is only a person if we treat it like a person. But uh, the law the law or the legal system or the, the fraudulent legal system seems to treat it like a like a person with a, with a particular motive involved. I think that the system that we have, they want us to resist. It's the Borg. We must resist. Resistance is futile. Let's, from human scale, be human. And let's figure out how humans can solve the current problems that's facing the systems that we see as broken but are one-size-fits-all and it's only a matter of size and scale before they collapse completely. There has to be other routes to get to where we're going. Let's create them. Yeah, that's one thing we can do in the in the role players maybe is is work out where where do companies fit and how how do we how do we talk about companies? Well, I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm preempting the the game completely, but uh, no, you're not. You are actually playing the game rather well because it's all of us coming up with these ideas, and we'll set up forth scripts in the same format. And any four people can act the script from a perspective. And if hundreds of people act the same scripts in a role play and have the roles set off as to where they're coming from for the character, I think we can get a lot of great conversation because you won't know which one of the four chairs you're sitting in until you get to the game to play. Right. And so if we have people from four different perspectives sitting at a table and they draw northeast, southwest, pick a card, and that card is what they're talking about for the next half hour? Yeah. I bet we'll have a lot of innovation. But the trick is to make that game happen on a frequency level that you can run the same game enough times to learn something and find the players who are good so you can keep upping the ante 
and get it so that we can chew on some real good philosophical questions. But we'll put this on the burner, side burner. We're not going to go running away from it, but I don't think we can construct the whole thing in the next two minutes before the music starts. No, no, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't even attempt that. Although it might, it might actually be able. We might be able to do it in a pico second if we try hard enough. <laughs> I don't know. But to tell you the truth, we can open up windows to do it that quick, but our consciousness at this level won't see them. But somebody has to get that done, and it'll get done by either a Dennis or a Lenny who has time to do it. But make sure that you get me a copy of this dialogue so that I can put it on my YouTube channel. Oh yeah, I'm recording it, Lenny. So I'll give you the. It'll be in the. It'll be in Skype when we're finished. Excellent, because I think we covered a whole bunch of ground that I won't have to cover on my show, but the people who watch my show would never find it. All right, so come on. everyone, it's Barbara Jean Lindsay, the Cosmic Oracle. If you have questions about your past lives or future plans, need answers from the cosmos about your love life or career, or just want to keep your finger on the pulse of the planet, check out my show, The Cosmic Oracle, here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Hi, I'm Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney, and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio A. My forte? Foreclosure and contract law. Grab your legal pad and pen. Learn a broad spectrum of law spanning administrative, criminal, family, tort, and federal law. Fools and losers cling to old cases. I dissect and comment on the latest rulings that control the courts. Don't be a loser. And if you don't appear, you will be held in contempt. Are you interested in the paranormal? Murder mystery? Real natural law? Do you enjoy interviews with amazing guests? Then join Crypt Rick every Monday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Revolution Radio. Studio A, freedomslips.com. Crypt Rick's Ivan, thank you. Welcome to the Crypt. <laughs> The Secret Kindergarten is here for the young children of the world.